Well, if that doesn't make you want to sign up for Alpha, I don't know what else to say. I am signed up for Alpha at, at my church, and we start, yeah, next, we start next week as well, and it'll be my eighth Alpha. I'm still exploring Christianity. Yes, I know that maybe, maybe makes you a little nervous that I'm speaking today, but uh, I love Alpha, and I feel like if you are new, Christianity is just something you're considering, even if you're skeptical about it, this is the group you want to step into. I promise. I promise. And if you're thinking, okay, I am a believer. I get this stuff, but you have someone, and I know you have someone in your life who is exploring and is curious, and maybe they're asking you the questions and you don't have the answers or don't know how to articulate them, invite them to Alpha. You are a part of a church that is going, you know this church is going to welcome them in. And I'm just excited to see what God is going to do here in San Jose, what God is going to do in San Francisco through this course. So I love Alpha. I also love Eden. You guys, um, you're amazing. You were amazing before the pandemic. You're really amazing on this side of whatever we're still calling it. So I just... um, I hope you know, as people here at Eden, you mean more than you can imagine to the church staff here. It's been hard for every single person uh, the past two years, and you can only imagine, and I'm speaking um, right alongside Kayla and Daniel, it's hard doing ministry and caring for the people in the the past two years. And so to see you here, to see you still leaning in, it just speaks volumes. We were, uh, my husband Ben and I were with uh, you guys when this was getting birthed five years ago. And to think that we didn't see your faces, uh, and now we see your faces. And to think that what could God do five years from now? Who will be the one sitting beside you five years from now? And I believe today is a moment here at Eden Church that there are going to be some things that are going to be unlocked as we pray today that we might not see, as we just sang, even when I don't see it, you're working, God. There's gonna be some things that we're gonna pray, these dangerous prayers that we're going to pray, that we might not see in the next six months or even the next few years. We might not even get to see the answer, but we are going to pray the prayers. We might not see the answers, but we're going to pray the prayers. I'm way off topic here, but I'm going to go with it. We are, and when I say we, don't think of thousands of people. Don't even think of hundreds of people. Don't even think of even dozens of people. When I say we, sometimes I'm speaking of four of us that are on a prayer walk. When I say we, I'm talking sometimes it is just me and the dog, Hershey, and the Holy Spirit. So when I say we, don't think of a large number. I believe when God refers to few in the Bible, few is not the same as small in the kingdom of God. Okay? So we're not, we're not talking numbers here. We're talking faithful here. This week, yes, last Sunday, and I, I am telling you like stories that are ongoing in the making, that were Jessica and Ryan to tune into this service. Um, I'm really praying that they're sitting at Epic Church today. But were they to tune into this service, um, they're hearing me tell their story. Jessica stepped in to Epic for the very first time. 
I would even go as far as to say she might have stepped into church for the very first time last Sunday. She is searching. And she has one Christian friend in her life. And he lives in London. But they went to Berkeley together. So she writes to him and she's like, my life is empty. What do I do? And because in London this is a buzzword, he said, you need to try Alpha. So she looks online, and she finds that there is a church a few blocks from where she lives doing Alpha. So I get the email. I reach out, and I don't know her from anywhere. I'm like, are you familiar with Epic Church? She goes, I, I, I found it on Google Maps. I said, could you get here next Sunday, and we'll just meet. Like, I'm not even inviting her to come into church. I'm just saying, would you come to the lobby so we can meet? I'm expecting her to maybe come in, say hello, and, and go back home. She comes in, she's like, what is this? And so here I am, I'm like, I should know this answer. This is church, I should know how to explain it to you, but I'm like, well, here's coffee, right? And, and those noises you're hearing, well, some of those are the two babies that are coming in the pandemic, and the rest of it is the, is the band. You have a band? So I'm like, yeah, how to explain this, yeah. I've been explaining church to her for the very first time. She's like, is there a service going in there right now? I'm like, yeah. She goes, well, my fiancé just dropped me off. He's still in his pajamas. Is it too late for him to come? I'm like, no. She's like, will you walk in there and sit with us? I mean, all this is happening in real time, right? I'm expecting just to talk about Alpha, and here I've got a first-time guest with me. And wouldn't you know it, he parks. He's clearly changed clothes, and we sit on the back row. Now, my normal spot in church is right there. And church looks very different way back there. And maybe you choose to sit way back there. Maybe you choose to sit. It look, it's a different feel from back there. Sometimes you ought to switch it up just to see, see the difference. But here I am sitting on the back row. And if you've ever brought someone to church with you, you listen differently. So I'm sitting there on the back row, and I'm thinking, normally those are the first people out, right? Maybe that's your plan back there. You're the first ones out. But I'm sitting back there. I'm like, I don't, I don't even know these people. Because by the time I leave, they're already gone. And I'm listening like, Ooh, does that connect with Jessica? Are they comfortable sitting back here? Are they even paying attention to the message because they're so busy looking at everything else going around them? It's just a whole new experience. Well, they finished the service. We actually had Next Steps lunch happened to be that Sunday. She's just like blown away that all this is so coincidental. And they sit in Next Steps lunch. They meet another young married couple. So not only have they signed up for Alpha, They've also signed up for the newly married group. And again, yes, 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 yes. Now we're, now we're just praying that they show up, right? Because anybody can sign up for a small group. It's who's going to show up for that small group, right? But yes, I, I texted or I emailed her this morning letting her know I'm going to be here, but hoping that her and Ryan would be at the services today. And just trusting God. That's what we do, church. We trust God. Um, but let me tell you where that started. A few of us started praying through Soma. Soma is uh, south of Market. It's that downtown neighborhood in the city. It's a ghost town, you guys. I would say you, you ought to come up and check it out sometimes, but there's, not, there's nothing open. I can't recommend a restaurant right now. Um, it just is like a ghost town. But we prayer walk because we want to say, God, there might not be anyone on the streets except those who live on the streets right now. But God, we're going to believe that we can't see you, but we're going to believe that you're here. And literally, it is just through prayer walking, guys. 
I did not know Jessica and Ryan, but I know where they live. And guess what? We've walked by it. We've prayer walked by it. I wasn't praying specifically for a Jessica and a Ryan because I knew them. We were just saying, God, would you do something? We love our city. We love the people of our city. We don't know how to fix our city. But we're going to walk these streets because when you walk, you see different. When you walk, you pray different. Now I'm going to get into the message. All right? <laughs> I felt like I just gave you like some points, some stories that I was going to get to later on. But, but you, you see where I'm at. You see where I'm coming from. My heart for the city is not because I went to school for this or I'm an expert on it. I simply showed up in San Francisco 12 years ago and I said, God, we're here. We're where we think you want us. Will you use us? And you see all throughout the Bible what God does with a little prayer, with a few pieces of bread and fish, with a little ointment. God does wonders. And I'm here to tell you, 12 years into living in this city, it's not gotten easier, but I'm less afraid. I'm more confident in what God can do. And I'm going to get to this in a little bit too. We're going to start, we're going to learn how to, when you go out during the week, you're going to, you're going to come back here because this is the place you tell stories. This is the place you tell stories. When I introduce Jessica and Ryan to Mark and Sally and I help them make that connection, they're going to grab dinner in the city this week so that when Jessica and Ryan step into their small group, there's already a connection there. But that's not happening on Sunday. That's happening during the week. But we come here on Sundays to swap stories. Let me ask you this question. Do you believe that God is bigger than your world? Do you believe that God is bigger than your world? Now, when I talk about your world, yes, 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 because he is. Here's what I mean by your world. Your, your workout health routine, gym routine, your errands, your email correspondence, your doctor's appointments, your kids' activities, your hobbies, your online meetings, your in-person meetings. Think about the things that make up your world. Now I want you to think about their world. They being the people who live next door to you, they being the people who drop off your Amazon packages. They being the people who serve you food and empty your trash and teach your kids. They even being family members of your clients and customers and patients. Do you think that God has your worlds colliding for reasons that go beyond benefiting your world. We're going to an Old, uh, Old Testament passage with Abram and Lot. And if you know anything about them, they end up parting ways because they just have so much stuff. They have so many livestock and possessions and people to manage that they could no longer share the land. So they separate and Lot has his own story, own message, but we're going to pick up where God said some things to Abram. And I want you to look at this in Genesis 13, verses 14 through 18. And, and let me remind you, Abram had a full-time job. I just mentioned all the things that he has to take care of. 
Prayer walking is not his full-time job. Prayer walking is not any of our full-time jobs. However, we prayer walk because of our full-time jobs, okay? Here it picks up in Genesis 13, 14 through 18. Lift up your eyes, God tells Abram, and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land that you see, I will give to you and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. Arise, walk through the length and the breadth of the land for I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent and came and settled by the oaks of Mamre, which are at Hebron. And there he built an altar to the Lord. God gave Abram four directives. And he just didn't give them for Abram's sake. He gave it to Abram for many people's sake. And you see, that's how God works. We meet with God. We hear from God. Oh, God, that word spoke to me. It doesn't stay with you. What God does in you personally has potential to go globally. And you're thinking, Shauna, that's really, really big. But listen, Rome here working the camera, God's done something in Rome's life here at Eden Church. And when Rome goes to Ohio and Rome makes community there, and then that person goes somewhere else, guys, we live in a generation where it doesn't take seconds for something to go viral. Why would we limit God? If you can put something up, I mean, what, Spotify happened this week, right? It didn't take minutes before they had to shut down. If that can happen to Spotify, what can God unleash in this place, okay? So God gives Abram four directives. He says, arise, walk, settle, build. Arise, walk, settle, build. Say these, arise, walk, settle, build. Now, technically, God only gave two of them. He told him to arise, and he told him to walk. But because of that, Abram chose to settle and to build. So technically, only two of these are directives, but we're going to, we're going to focus on all four today. Now, I want you to take a minute, and I want you to picture where you live. Picture the street you live on. Picture the houses or the, the, the condos beside you. Think about the neighbors that you might see out and about. Think about the businesses that you frequent. Think about the places that you were yesterday. Think about where you were yesterday. It wasn't that long ago. Sometimes it feels ages. What were you doing yesterday? Think about what you were doing yesterday. It's your world, but it's also their world. And, you know, some of these places we visit so frequently that we almost forget that there's humans running the places, right? You run in to grab it. You run in to to say hi to this person on your team. You forget that they're a human being. It's just become so routine. I believe that this is a word for us. All that you see, all the people that your life interacts with, all the places you go, God is giving it to you. Now, this is not prosperity gospel. This is from Genesis 13. It's in the word. Arise, walk, for I will give it to you. 
Jesus doesn't just love you. Jesus loves everyone around you. So if Jesus loves everyone around you, then when your path intersects with their path, he is wanting to give you the land. He is wanting to give you that space. Those are opportunities that are right before you all the time. And I believe this is where grace comes in. We're not going to get it all right all the time. Yesterday, I'm out walking, and I'm going over this talk, and it's a very familiar, I mean, my street is 2.7 miles long, and I walk to the end, hit the playground, and I'm walking back, but on my way there, I pass a gentleman, I haven't seen him before, he's walking his dog, and I got a little further, and I thought, I think I'm supposed to go back and pray for him. Now, about the time I turned around, it's like, oh, he's gone, I'm like, God, did I just miss that? I don't know, but that's where grace abounds, right? Um, but just prayed that God would bless him, but then I'm on my way back, and there's this sweet lady And uh, as I'm walking past, she's in the garage, she's in her wheelchair, but as I passed, I did step back, I just gave a little wave. It's just a wave, that's all that was. But in me, I felt like God was doing something personally in me. Like, hey, step back, did you see her? All she's doing is sitting in the right spot where that sun is coming between these houses, and she's just getting some good vitamin D. But what do you see when you're out and you're walking? What do you notice? I believe God wants to give the land to us, and he does so for us to love, for us to serve, for us to care, for us to enjoy all this God wants to give us. He is a good, good God. So would you consider that God is bigger than your world? Well, how do we begin to see outside of our own little world? We get up. We arise. We do what God is putting before us and what he is asking us to do. Arise, it's just, it's obedience. It's just obedience. That's what it looks like to arise. Now, some of us just need a plan, right? You're like, okay, Shauna, that sounds good in theory. Obedience is just this big word. What if I, what if I didn't hear him? How do I know it's him? But arise, being obedient, just, it requires intentionality. But I'll give you a little bit of a plan. I call it 31 days in the city. 31 days in San Jose, 31 days in Campbell. Just work on this. Work on this with your family. Work on this with your small group. This is even something great for small group leaders to incorporate into their their course, ways to get outside and into your community. But just come up with 31 things that you're going to do, maybe for the small group session. Or you make it the next, well, February kind of cuts us short. But you get what I'm saying. Come up with 31 things to do. And these are just intentional things that you want to do where you focus outside of your world into their world. It's little things. How many of you have moved here in the past two years? You've moved to the area in the past two years? Okay, two of you. Awesome. Here's what this says. Here's, oh, I say three. Okay, here's what this says. You're familiar with the area, or you should be somewhat familiar with the area. So these things can be like um, getting a library card, meeting the barista, Uh, inviting someone over for lunch, um, meeting someone up at the park. It could look like showing up at a place that you frequent a lot with breakfast, with donuts. Just things where you are letting someone else outside of your world know, I see you, I care. It could be trying new restaurants and blessing those restaurants. Sky's the limit. You be you, you do with what, what you do life with what you see and how you're paying attention to it. But just this, this just kind of kickstarts because again, when you see things, you can't unsee them, right? We'll go there in a minute too. All right, so we get up. We get up. 
How many of you are at least committed to saying, okay, I'll get up. I'll at least make an effort this week to pay attention to what God might have for me. Can you raise your hands a little higher? You're like, I know I'm in church. I should have my hand up because this is a good Jesus answer. But you would say, hey, you know what? This week, I commit just to, to being obedient to what God might put before me. Okay, that's most of us. Moving on, walk. Now, I do believe that when we get up in obedience and we walk, we will choose to settle and to build. But I believe the flip side is true. If we don't get up, if we don't walk, we will fail to settle and to build. Now, this won't surprise you, but we are the most transient generation of all times. The U.S. Census Bureau says that the average American living here in the United States moves 11 times in their lifetime. Have your minds counting? How many times have you moved? Have you, have you made that number yet? Yes, if, if my math serves me credit, and this is just moving residences. Okay, this doesn't mean you've moved towns or states. I think I've moved 17 times. I hope I'm done. I hope I'm done. I hope we don't have to move again. Just the pains, right, of just having to pack up boxes and relocate. Fortunately, when you do move, you kind of forget that after a few weeks. But moving can be a painful experience. But, but I'm a testimony that God moves people. That's how we got to San Francisco. We all know people who have moved during this pandemic. Maybe you're one of them. Maybe you've had to say a lot of goodbyes. Maybe you're about to move. Haven't told anyone yet. Maybe your boss has told you. Let me say a few things here. If you are about to move, you know like your time here in San Jose is limited. First of all, make sure that's from God. It might be from your boss, but make sure it's also from God, that this is something he has for you. Secondly, if he has you moving, I want you to do two things. One, I want you to know that this lifestyle of living sent goes with you. You can take this anywhere you go. Secondly, before you move, pray a blessing over your place for the people who are going to move into it. But hopefully most of you are here for a while. You're going to stick around for a while. Could you imagine... God giving these commands, arise and walk, and then he just gives you the land. Could you imagine that? God, you're telling me all I have to do is obey you and just go walk around this land and you're just going to give it to me? You guys realize in these times of the Old Testament, war is going on. People are fighting over land. And God declares, if you will get up and walk this land, I will give it to you. Listen, church, if God says he's going to do something, you can count on it. God is giving Abram the land. I told you earlier, you know, when you start looking for things, you can't unsee them. You know, maybe, and I feel like all of these examples um, fall apart because of COVID. But, um, you know, like you're looking for a new car, and then you just happen to see that car everywhere. But then you go to the dealership, and guess what? They don't have those cars. They hope to have those cars in 2023, right? Or you're looking for, you're, you're considering getting a dog. And we have a, a COVID dog. 
that we got in all of this, but you're considering getting a dog, and you're thinking about what kind you want, and it seems like everywhere you go, you see all of these little dogs out on the street, right? Then you can't unsee it, or you're looking for a house to buy, or, or you're looking for a particular thing um, to go in your car, to go in your house. Once you start looking for them, you feel like you see them everywhere, right? I believe that's what happens when you prayer walk. You start, God, I'm going to believe that you are on the campus with my kids as I walk around their campus before I pick them up. God, I believe that as I walk these empty halls in my workplace, I believe that you are here and that you are going to bless the integrity of the men and women who run this company. God, I believe that as I walk just down the street from where I parked the car to the meeting that I'm going into, God, that you would show up in love, that people would somehow have an encounter with another believer in their workspaces where they get to be introduced to Jesus. You just begin walking and praying. Again, this isn't a full-time job. It just works into your full-time job, okay? I have friends that have called San Francisco home. They've moved during the pandemic, and I believe they know more people in the middle of a pandemic than people who have called San Francisco home for 20 years. How is that possible? They've chosen to meet people. They've chosen not to let fear stand in the way. And this is all, you know, you know us, us Bay Area people, we are the most conservative when it comes to following guidelines. And yet still, God is at work. God is at work. People are getting saved, and people are finding community, and people feel cared for. And I believe more time than ever before. And you guys turn five years old next week. Isn't that awesome? Now is the time, Eden Church. Now is the time. We were at the Alpha Conference this past week, and they showed a video of a girl in New York who was so career-driven that she had no need and no room for God pre-pandemic, but she got invited again during the pandemic, and all of a sudden there's a need for God. There's a desire for God. So you are not inconveniencing any person that you work with or that lives beside you, when you invite them to church, when you invite them over, when you tell them just a simple message of like, hey, you look great today. How are you? How's your family? Haven't seen you in a while. How's everything going? You are not inconveniencing them. More than ever, we are desiring human connection. We are desiring conversation, and you are not in their way. God put you in their way. You're not in their way. God put you in their way. But it takes practice. It takes intentionality. It takes you getting up and walking. If we would believe God, we would do what he said more often. It says about Abram in Hebrews, Abram believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. So after Abram gets up and he walks, he chooses to settle down. He chooses to call the place home, and he builds an altar. So settle. Settle happened after he walked, not before. Now, if you're from another country outside of America, it might look different, but here in America, when we, we settle well, and we settle from the inside out, we get the home just like we want it. We do all of this from the inside out before we ever consider going on those walks. And if we can't get settled from the inside out, we just move. 
We find a different place to go. When it gets hard or we don't feel settled in, we just change jobs. We just go somewhere else. Maybe the next place will be easier. And we settle first. We do that first. And our society tells us through magazines and commercials and social media how we are to settle, how the house is supposed to look, all the things that we need to accumulate so that we can live this great American life. And we're not doing it in the order that God wants us to do it in. I love it when we've had a few stories of people, particularly who have moved from another country. And uh, I think of one family in particular that moved from Spain, and the wife, the only thing she said, she said, I don't care about where we live. Find a church before me and the kids move out there. That's the order that God wants it in. He wants you to walk the length and the breadth of the land, and he's going to give it to you. Then you settle down. Then you settle. Then you make your place a home. And the beautiful thing is, I think when we do it in the right order, people begin to matter more than possessions and what we can have because we've gotten to know the land and the people that God has called us called us to serve. Uh, let me also give you this example for settling. And uh, then I want to actually go back and talk a little bit about walking. But for settling, think about the word house and the word home. So this is like a word picture. House and home. House, H-O-U-S-E, home, H-O-M-E. So how do you make a house a home? How do you make a house, see, how, house, a home? What are the last two letters of home? Me. Matthew 25, 40. You have me over. Do you live in a house? Do you live in a home? Is it how you've settled and made it all that you hoped it would be? Or have you invited Jesus over? Have you had people in? Now, I'm, I'm so old school about this, and I am proud of it. People want to be invited over. They want to be invited over. And listen, we were a part of a generation where we built that third space called Starbucks, and it is thriving, and it's doing really well. And we love those third spaces. But I'll tell you what, something different happens when you have someone over into your house. If you've gone on a mission trip before, and you thought you knew the person that you're going to be bunking with, but you go on that mission trip and you really know the person you're bunking with. It just does something. I believe the same thing happens when you have people over. Lamont was a, uh, a kid in Elijah's class, our oldest son. They went to elementary school together. I saw Melinda, his mom, on the schoolyard for six years. We were on the soccer field every Saturday, done life with them so much. And then something happened this past year where we got to invite Lamont and Melinda over to our house. And it's changed things. And I'm going to tell you that story at lunch today. How did I come to lunch today? You go on a prayer walk. When we leave this space, I love what Martin Luther said. He says, I am called to call the church to life and to action. We can do a lot of life here on Sunday mornings, and then we can forget to take action. But today, Eden Church, when we finish this service, we're going to go prayer walk, okay? And this is not something that you give the rest of your day to because we are all going to be home to watch the 49ers win today, okay? All right, all right? So we're not, you're not having to give up your whole day. There's still time to go cheer the Niners on. But when we leave this space, we're going to go prayer walk. 
And it is, it is as simple and as easy as you can imagine. You literally walk and pray. That's it. That's it. And you can walk a block. You can walk several blocks. You can walk around a school. You can walk around a business. You can walk around your neighborhood. But you do it and you say, God, what do you want me to see? What do you want me to see? And you just begin to see things. Maybe you're seeing things that you've always seen. You're like, okay, God, yeah, I know those neighbors. Hi, I've seen them before. Yes, I, I know that their grandkids are coming over for the afternoon. Or yes, I know, you know, yeah, you're just you're going to see things that maybe you're used to seeing. Then you're going to see things you haven't seen yet. And you're also just going to say, God, would you do something in these businesses? God, would you have your way in this neighborhood? God, would you heal the sick in the homes next door to me? God, would you provide for those that can't pay their bills this month? God, would you, would you heal broken marriages that are in these homes? God, the kids that have had to do Zoom school that are behind, God, would you infuse their minds with wisdom? God, would you, would you awaken something that is, that is just keeping someone in their homes depressed? God, would you, would you use me to be a friend to someone? Would you draw them out of their house so I can meet them? God, just begin to, you just begin to pray. You pray about what you see, and you don't beat yourself up for what you don't see. There are things that you will prayer walk today, and you will pray that I've never prayed before. Because it's something you've experienced or something that you see. That's what prayer walking is. And our hope and prayer is that by you just taking a few minutes of your Sunday afternoon to prayer walk a block, that you'll see, ah, I can do this on my lunch break. I can do this. You can prayer drive. You can prayer drive. You can be driving to work and saying these same prayers. Okay? You can stroller prayer. Okay? You can elevator prayer. God shows up anytime we call on his name. So wherever you go, you can pray. But here's what I want to see unleashed in every single one of you in this room and who will watch this online and are watching online. God wants to give you this land that you are calling home right now. And we don't know how God is going to do it. That's what makes it dangerous. We don't know. I did not have a friend named Jessica and Ryan eight days ago. But I've got a friend, two friends named Jessica and Ryan. And I, I wanted to make sure that they showed up at church today. What I didn't tell you is I also texted a few of my friends. And I said, be looking for them. Here's what they look like. Ryan should not be in his PJs, but he might. I don't know. I didn't even know to pray that prayer. And I was praying something completely different, but that's how God answered it. Imagine what God can do with the collective prayers of his people as we even go out and just pray today. And then what's next Sunday? What's next Sunday? I don't need the date. Like, what's happening here next Sunday? Anniversary! Birthday celebration! I can't think of a better time for you to spend these next few days prayer walking and trust God to bring people here for tacos and love. I know someone in this room was invited to Eden because there was a meal on Father's Day, I think. 
and she's still here today, okay? And that was pre-pandemic. You guys, you put food before anything, pair it with God, and it is going to be good. It is going to be good. You guys, if, this, if, if, if Eden is new, if this whole experience is new, Eden's making it super easy for you to invite someone. I know it's scary. I know it is scary. Fit 12 years in, and it still doesn't get easier. But it gets more fun. It gets more fun. You begin to see things. You begin to get more comfortable going places. And it changes you. It changes you. You could be a fearful person, and you become a fearless person. You could be the most introverted person that you know, and somehow God makes a little bit of an extrovert out of you. Now, you're ready to get home and take that nap and close the doors for a little bit, but it's amazing what God can do to an introverted person when you pray. Do you want that? Do you want that for your world, just you alone? Do you want that for yourself? Just to kind of come out of your shell a little bit. We've been so cocooned for a long time. Do you want that even just for yourself? And then do you care enough to want it? For the Amazon delivery guy, for the lawyer, for the doctor, for the server, for the barista, do you also want it for them? And then I want to close with the word build. And again, we'll touch on on this uh, after lunch. Abram, it was just habitual. He built altars. He worshiped God. That's what happens. Jessica and Ryan walked in last week. I'm like, I can't believe this. God, only you could do this. Only you could come up with something like that. Eden Church needs to be one of the biggest altars in our city. And I am not, I am not talking shrine-like. I'm talking, God, I've seen you at work all week. I can't wait to get back to my church family who has also been scattered throughout the week. I can't wait to tell them what God has done. Or I can't wait to say, I need help. The enemy came at me hard this week, and I want to be at a place where I'm going to be prayed for. This is home base, people. This is your home base. This is your community. These are the people that are ready to welcome the people you bring in next week, to link arms with you, to say, hey, or even to say, hey, my friend is opening up a business Will you all show up this week and support her? Hey, my, the teacher at my kid's school, she lost, she lost someone in her life. Would you lift her up this week? And can I let her know my church is praying for her? This is the altar. This is the place that we gather. This is where we say, God, we're going to worship you for who you are. As we have obeyed you, tried to obey you this week, as we've walked the land believing that God wants to give it to you. We build an altar every single week. We build an altar. And it's a get-to. It's a get-to. This isn't a have-to. You could walk out of this door today, get in your car, pop in that frozen dinner, kick up your feet, and watch all the commercials and channel surf until the game. You can go do that. It is a get-to for those that want to to say, I love this place, and I'm believing God for this place, and I love the people beside me too much to not pray for them and invite them. 
God wants to pour out his blessings in our world, in their world, and it begins with getting up and praying. And what starts as a sacrifice becomes a repeated blessing, a repeated blessing. I'm going to ask that you close your eyes and bow your head. We're just going to have a time of of prayer. And as the worship team comes up just to, to play, I hope all of you in your seats know that you have been prayed over this morning. You've been prayed over this week. You are loved. You bring so much value to God's world. He sees you. And he wants more for you. So I realize that maybe before we go out and prayer walk, your heart is just heavy, you're distracted right now because there's just so much going on in your own world that you say, Shauna, I can't even see beyond my world. My world is so heavy and so dark and so broken and so difficult right now. And I just wanna pray for you. If you're comfortable, would you just raise your hand and say, that's me. I can't see beyond my world right now because my world is a little chaotic. Would you just raise your hand so I can pray for you? Thank you. Thank you. God, you see these individuals who have raised their hands. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would minister to them right now. That they would know that you care for their broken heart. You care for the situations they're in. You care for the people in their worlds that are hurting. God, it says that we can cast all our cares upon you because you care for us. So God, as a friend of theirs, I just cast their cares upon you. And I pray that you would heal them, that you would heal their hearts, that you would heal their pain, that you would touch them, that they would feel seen and valued and loved and known. Father, I pray you would continue your work in their lives in these next few minutes so that they then would feel empowered to go and be a minister to others. And then I want you to raise your hand if you feel like this has spoken to you. You feel feel encouraged. You feel challenged. You feel like, I think this is the next thing. I think this is what God is asking me to do. I'm living here. I might as well start loving this place and loving the people right here around me. I am not in this world for my own. God has my world colliding with people for a reason. And you would just raise your hand and say, I'm in. God, I'm in however you want to use me, wherever you want to send me, I'm in. Thank you. Thank you. And with your hand just up as a a sign of surrender to God, God, you see the hands extended towards you who are saying, God, I'm in. I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk. So God, I I am claiming this promise that you are going to give the land to the individuals who have their hands up. You don't give the land to just anyone. God, you give the land to people who are obedient and who are seeking you. So God, I pray that this would be a week of fruit. I pray that this would be a week of conversation. I pray that this would be a week of transformation. God, I pray that you would, uh, I pray it would be a week of interruptions. And God, I pray that it would be a week where they see you at work 
and it becomes contagious in their life, that they're inviting their kids into it and their spouse into it and their workers into it, and they're getting to share your story and introduce people to Jesus. So God, come and have your way on the streets of Campbell today. God, come and have your way through the lives of the individuals in this room. God, I pray over the kids right now that are, that are in a different place from us. God, I pray that you would speak to them, that you would use them, that you would empower them, that they would be your hands and feet at school campuses and, and middle school campuses and high school campuses and even college campuses this week. Father, as we all right now stand to our feet, God, I pray that the posture of our hearts, God, would be as though that of Isaiah when it says, here am I, send me. God, we're standing up. We're going to go on a prayer walk. And God, we're just gonna ask you to do what only you can do. It's a dangerous prayer because we don't know how you're gonna answer it. But God, we're gonna pray him. So God, would you hear our prayers? And as we worship you right now, would you receive all that is due your name? In Jesus' name, amen.